listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, solving Australia's housing shortage. Retail sales continues to slow and the oil price rising. What does it mean for inflation? It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 28th of September 2023. Uh, later on Market Day, we'll speak with Elizabeth Tian from City on the day's market action. But first to the CEO of Brickworks, Lindsay Partridge, which has warned that Australia's deepening housing crisis is only going to get worse with housing approvals currently at 10-year lows and population growth at a record high. It comes as the company posted a 54% decline in full-year profit. Lindsay, uh, BIS Oxford Economics says we're about 70,000 homes short in Australia. What's holding us back from building these new homes? Uh, well, I guess at the beginning of the process, the, uh, the incredible time it takes to get uh, approvals. I mean, the, the approval process is really convoluted. It's really dysfunctional. And it takes like nine months at best to get approval for a house in Australia. In New Zealand, it's 21 days. When I first started my career, you'd get approval in a couple of hours, you know, walk up to the council with your plans. So the approval process is the beginning of the problem. The second thing is the amount of taxation that's, that's come through the whole process, um, you know, from land development to every, every part of the process has got taxation, which makes it more expensive. Um, but if you've got all those things lined up, then you sort of run into trades seem to run out when we build about 200,000 homes a year. Um, at that point, we seem to run out of trades. Um, and, you know, that, that's another thing that has to be addressed, which is a bit hard to appreciate, really, when you've got such high immigration. Clearly, we're not immigrating the right people to the country. Um the government's new $10 million housing, uh, $10 billion housing Australia fund plans to build 1.2 million homes over the next five years. Are we on the right track? Or, I mean, um, based on what you just told me earlier, are you concerned about the ability to reach those numbers? Well, well I think somebody recently said that's a nice aspirational goal. Um, and I hear, I like some of the policies I'm hearing about getting trades into the country's faster and about uh, New South Wales having cookie-cut uh, blocks of flats, the three-storey and four-storey walk-ups like we used to, they're all positive things, but we've got to see them, you know, play out. We've got to see some actual action. And if they want to get to those numbers, I mean, they need to start thinking about how they're going to get that action in place this year, not next year or the year after this year, because we need it to fill in the hole that there is next year. I mean, next year we're likely to only build 175,000 homes, and they're really talking about wanting to build, you know, 250 or 300,000 homes a year. So some of that action, I mean, what would you say can be done to alleviate that housing shortage right now? Well, the planning system is, is the biggest problem. The states control that. New South Wales had this problem before. And if you look back in the past, the Askin government released 20 years of land onto the market in the late 60s. And that gave the land supply for the next 20 years. So that's what needs to happen. They need to flood the market with land, approved land for housing that, that you can get approval to build a cottage in under a month. Uh, until that happens, they're, they're basically dreaming because they think they're going to build those homes. Um, those that are looking at building a home right now, the costs of those raw materials, the cost of labour, the time to build a new home, have they improved at all or are they expected to in the short term? Now, unfortunately, costs are only going to go one way. And, um, you know, there's been various things that have driven the costs up over the last uh, you know, two to three years with all the disruption caused by COVID, not only in Australia, but worldwide. Uh, but going forward, I mean, we know that electricity prices are only going to go up. We're currently seeing oil prices climb. Now, oil or diesel is in every part of the 
a process of manufacturing uh, the products for for houses, but also building the home. I mean, when you put the concrete pump, it's run by diesel, you know, and, and on it goes. Um, while fuel prices are high, that puts that sort of works its way in every part of the economy. Speaking of uh, inflation and costs, um, how has that contributed to your 54% decline in full-year profit? Look, um, the decline is more really about the fact that we had an absolute unbelievable record result last year. We still delivered the second-best result in the history of the company, so it was an excellent result. Um, we did miss a couple of points on margin with uh, inflation. We really got caught out, I think, in the first quarter of this year, and I call this the infrastructure-driven inflation, where the demand for raw materials for the airport and the, and the metro and all these things, you know, short of the market, the market, there was shortages of, of materials everywhere, and that really drove up prices um, earlier this year. We're now getting back on top of that with price rises, but uh, hopefully when those big projects end, we're going to see more normalised supply arrangements and norm, more normal cost uh, arrangements for those products. Finally, uh, Property Trust, a curious statement in your release today that Sydney has the tightest logistics market of any major city in the world. Can we explore that a little bit? Why and what does it mean for your business? Well, it's a bit of the same reason why we have a shortage of housing. I mean, the approval process is so tied up. We're fortunate enough to have approved land available today to build industrial warehouses on and we are signing up new clients as we speak. But our competitors who have got uh, land in other areas, they're caught up in the approval process and planning and getting water and getting electricity to those sites. And, you know, we don't think there's going to be any uh, improvement in the land supply in Western Sydney in the next couple of years. And the reason why that market is so much strong demand there is, you know, that's the area that people want to be around the airport. They want to be around the rail lines and things that are going in. And that's where there's plenty of workers. And so they they want to have build warehouses in that area because it's great for distributing product around Sydney. But there's just, once again, just not enough land and the approval process is lagging. The only thing we haven't discussed in all of this in terms of um, the housing shortage and the housing supply issue is the um, the mix of um, dwellings. So you're talking about land release. W- what about the move to more medium slash high density? Um, how much of that is also an issue? Well, look, that's right. I call that, the building commissioner calls that the missing middle. You know, we used to build... Uh, one of, in one of our companies, one of the greatest uh, buildings we used to put product in, it was the three and four story walk up. So we know there's whole suburbs are built out of these buildings. They're built well. Um, they've lasted well. They're very low maintenance. They're very low cost to build. Very affordable housing. And it's not there. We either have detached housing or high rise. And so I agree with the building commissioner. We need to, to get out there and get those cookie cut, standard approved plans so developers can get, that, get those uh, approved and get them under construction. Now they're quick to build. And we can create a lot of housing. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's what we need. Partridge there, the CEO of Brickworks. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market was little change today. The S&P ASX 200 down just 0.1%, 7,024. That's despite a fall in consumer discretionary stocks on the back of softer retail sales numbers. But... Oil, oil stocks like Woodside, your Santos, they all did very well because oil prices have continued to surge and are up at the highest in about a year. For more, I spoke with Elizabeth Tian from City. We're seeing the oil price, you know, really ratchet up since around June. And that's on a couple 
of you know factors. Um, one of the key things that started the drive back up was when Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, announced to the market that they were prolonging their production cuts, really limiting supply. There's worries about global the global economy slowing down and therefore less demand. So Saudi and Russia really preempting that by extending those production cuts. And of course, overnight, we also had news in the US that inventory stockpiles really are at real lows. So that saw the price of uh, West Texas uh, oil price up around 3.6% to around 95 US dollars a barrel. So short term, a lot of factors, we're likely to see the oil price stay high around these levels, possibly even higher for a while. We know from a consumer perspective, they see the impact via higher petrol prices, and we know that means higher inflation. So is the market now worried about uh, inflation being reignited? Absolutely. Very, you know, that's key focus. Central banks have worked so hard the last 18 months, really trying to clamp down inflation. We've seen inflation really start to come back down. And this is going to really make central banks, you know, pause, have a look. It's very inflationary. Um, we, you know, we hear all about the 1970s, the oil crisis and where inflation was back then. So we've seen in the markets, you know, in the last couple of weeks, yields you know, rising high, a number of factors, but certainly the higher oil price, that's not helping this whole inflation narrative, keeping central banks really on tenterhooks. Um, if global central banks are on tenterhooks, what about Australia Reserve Bank? We, uh, we had some soft economic data out today. Retail sales out, slowing to a 0.2% increase in August. That's weaker than expected. We also saw job ads down, although they are still at high levels. I think there was also some stats that showed that um, uh, consumers or households are tapping into their savings for the first time since the global financial crisis. So uh, saving deposit rates are down now. What does this all mean for interest rates? What's the market saying we'll see next week when Michelle Bullock holds her first um, RBA meeting, interest rate meeting as governor? What's likely to happen? Yeah, so central banks, including the Reserve Bank, are really seeing data point to data point. It's been a very difficult, cloudy last 18 months to see, you know, it hasn't, is inflation coming down fast enough? We think the Reserve Bank will still pause next week. That's what the market's widely expecting. But we still think there's um, possibly one more rate hike um, in the market locally for Australia. Now, we, you know, we've talked also also about how yields have been ratcheting up the last couple of weeks. This is whole narrative in the market about higher for longer. You know, when the Reserve Banks and the Central Banks started lifting rates 18 months ago, it was widely expected they'll lift rates Markets will, you know, the economy will kind of react to that very quickly, slow down very quickly and start to cut rates again. And that hasn't really happened. So it's now, um, you know, markets are now pricing in. Maybe we won't get those rate cuts quite as quickly. And these high interest rates, um, unfortunately for mortgage borrowers like myself, will just have to continue to pay these higher rates possibly for longer. And just finally, um, any market movers you, you've seen make news today? 
Yeah, so obviously, as you mentioned, the big moves was in the energy stocks. Now, we are going to a period where, you know, there's a golden week in China. There's a lot of Asian markets that are shut, you know, Korea, India. So we're starting to see liquidity possibly come out. Our markets will be nervous. We're going into the October period, which is actually, you know, historically a very volatile time for markets. And at the moment, really, the key focus is central banks, inflation, how long are rates going to stay higher? There's a whole shift in narrative. Elizabeth Tian there from City. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.